The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the Global News Radio studios in Toronto, with Hi-Fi portfolio managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good morning, my friends. Welcome to the show about money. Your money is what Jack and I are concerned with. We want to make sure that you have plenty of it uh, to get you well through retirement help you with all of your wishes in life, and give you the ability, of course, to contribute back to society. Yes, charitable giving. We can never forget about that. And, of course, we are going to bring on a new charity uh, to discuss the work they are doing for the homelessness uh, in this great city of ours. Um, The market, unbelievable strength we have been witnessing. Good golly, pandemic taking place, and the market, of course, uh, falling precipitously uh, as the bad news unfolded, but found bottom and turned the corner violently. Uh, the NASDAQ flirting with all-time highs. The S&P 500, about 5% away, 6% away from its previous high. Uh, there's optimism. Uh, sure, the U.S. economy is reopening. We're reopening the Canadian economy province to province as best as we possibly can. Uh, yet COVID-19 continues uh, to take lives. Cases increase, testing is increasing, aggressive testing taking place here in Ontario. A lot of moving parts, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, I must say, and I must remind you, my good friends, when it comes to your money, you must, you must, you must think longer term. Think of it as Warren Buffett, of owners of businesses. And if you own a nice variety of quality businesses, that's what you need to focus on. Trying to focus on the market moves is so difficult. It is a mugs game. As you can see, those who had to panic and exit the market as it was cascading are rubbing their heads right now saying, what did I just do? Market rallies back aggressively. A lot of bumps in the road, a lot of uncertainty going forward, uh, but we reach out to smart people to get us some guidance. Again, COVID-19 is with us for some time. Uh, Jack and I have the ability and the good fortune to have some uh, biotech analysts at Canaccord. Um, Max Masuki is a senior research analyst uh, focusing on life sciences, diagnostics, and precision medicine, uh, particularly in the areas of oncology, genomics, and infectious diseases. That's exactly what we're dealing with right here, right now. Max, I can't thank you enough uh, for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio this morning. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It's, it's, it's our absolute pleasure, Max. Um, where do you want to begin, Max? Uh, this COVID-19, of course, must be dominating your time. Uh, share with us, please, um, your viewpoint on it, uh, where we are, and uh, a, a path going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we've been covering infectious disease and oncology diagnostics companies, in addition to life sciences tools companies, uh, you know, for the for the past three plus years. And so we've, we've covered a lot of these infectious disease companies even before uh, COVID-19 existed. And so it's, it's, that's, that's been able to give us a, a big picture uh, of what's going on and what the future might be on the backside of this. I, I guess I'll say that the diagnostics solutions of today, generally speaking, are vastly different from the diagnostic solutions of 
you know, one, three, and five years ago. Um, and so we, we have large megatrends, including liquid biopsies, uh, companion diagnostics. Um, and these trends, they span not only oncology, but infectious disease. We also have a, a convergence of diagnostics, pharma, technology, and computer science. And for all of those reasons, diagnostics has been an interesting place to be in the, in the past. Um, it's a, it, there's never been a, a more interesting time right now. Uh, and I do think that diagnostics, both infectious disease and oncology, are going to be prioritized on the backside of the pandemic. So as it, as it relates to COVID-19, uh, you know, things really came, came at us fast. And um, there have been a few major milestones. And I would say the, the first one is the United States did not, uh, was not ready from a test capacity standpoint in the early days of, of COVID-19 in the U.S. And so you had, a, uh, you had a supply chain that was not capable of providing the number of tests that would be adequate to, uh, to uh, both diagnose the active infection of COVID-19 and to surveil large populations. And so, you know, our early, one of our earliest research notes was uh, our takeaways following a conversation we had with Roche Diagnostics, which is one of the largest diagnostics companies in the, in, in the world. Um, and, and one of the key takeaways there was we, uh, you know, there is a role to play not only for large diagnostics companies, but, but smaller companies as well. And we have a couple in our coverage that have been doing well. So um, I think that we, the, the most misunderstood aspect here is that uh, diagnostic testing will, will uh, for COVID-19, is a short-term opportunity. We think it's a long-term opportunity, and we think there's multiple companies that stand to benefit there. Well, there's no question, um, front and center, uh, in the uh, theory of how we deal with COVID-19, testing is at the top of the list. And as indicated at the beginning of the show, Ontario is trying to take the lead on testing, uh, certainly aggressively uh, increasing the number of daily tests, upwards of 20,000 tests per day. Um, I have to ask, we're hearing internationally of multiple forms of testing. Um, is there a clear superior means of testing? I believe what we're doing in Ontario is, is putting the swab up uh, the nasal passage to get a, uh, a prime specimen, <laughs> shall I say, of what saliva or whatever your mucous membrane or whatever they're looking for to give you a more accurate read. Is, is that the, the, the primary means uh, for testing? Yeah, so it's, it's important to differentiate between two different types of tests. The, the first one is, is to actually diagnose active infection. And, you know, that is that nasal, you know, nasal swab tests that, that you're speaking about. And those tests are used to detect the presence of the of SARS-CoV-2 virus in a patient sample. And it's usually a nasal sample. And so that, is, uh, so that is one type of testing. The other type that is emerging right now is antibody testing, which um, seeks to understand a, an individual's immune system response, uh, which, which can be uh, evaluated if, and measured if they are or are not exposed to the virus. Uh, and so those are more for uh, surveillance purposes. 
Um, but those have a, have a large role to play going forward for disease surveillance. You have serology tests for, for surveillance and, and active infection tests, which are usually uh, PCR methods. Uh, if you're just tuning into the show, it is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager. Jack Hartle, my partner in your financial success, of course, joining me remotely. Of course, we are social distancing, uh, trying to stay healthy. For your financial well-being. Uh, we're going to go a quick break and get right back with Max Masuki. He's a senior research analyst focusing on life sciences. We're starting the show off with a discussion of COVID-19. Please stay tuned. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my good friend, Thomas Dolby. I always thought that was a bit of an odd the song when it came out, but, uh, well, I was attracted to it. It just uh, caught my attention, and it did. Certainly, COVID-19 has the global attention. Uh, it's been, good golly, let's get six months of the story unfolding, and, well, uh, it's important. It affects each and every one of us. Uh, we're doing our best to remain safe. Global economy is... Slowly opening internationally. Markets have been just on fire. Um, yet COVID-19 remains. Uh, Jack and I have the good fortune of sharing with you today uh, one of our life science analysts, Max Masuki. Uh, he focuses on diagnostic precision medicine, particularly in the area of infectious disease. Max has been with Canacor for just over three years. Um, Early stage medical technology, diagnostics, focuses on, of course, strategic and financial analysis and long and short healthcare hedge funds. What are the hedge funds doing in the uh, space uh, right here, right now? Because uh, they're always uh, got their hands right in the thick of volatility, Max. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. And from my perspective, it's uh, it's it's important to I guess lay out the thesis on certain stocks, both for the wide range of clients that we have at, at Canaccord. I would say a, a lot of the a lot of you're right. A lot of the hedge fund um, of our hedge fund clients are are looking to capitalize on on some quicker short term moves. But we also have hedge funds that are that are looking for longer term opportunities. In terms of short-term moves you do there are like i like i mentioned earlier there there are a a number of smaller companies that are getting a lot of exposure right now exposure that they would not uh, otherwise have gotten in the absence of covid 19 and so when you do have a, a you know sudden surge of exposure whether it's for an antibody testing company like Cambio, ticker CEMI, which is a company I cover, or Genmark Diagnostics, which has a test for active infection, uh, ticker GNMK. Both of those companies are small companies, uh, but they have an important role to play. And so a lot of the, the hedge funds have been, you know, they, they seek out these opportunities in the smaller companies that haven't yet run, uh, and then they can capitalize on, on quicker, harder moves. Right. Unfortunately, Max, you're breaking up a fair bit with us. This is, of course, uh, all part of the social distancing. Friends at home, I want you to be patient with us. Jack and I, of course, are doing our best to give you high-quality radio to help you with your money. Hey, by the way, Jack, uh, how are things with you today? 
Things are pretty good, Wolf. Uh, like you said, the market's been pretty buoyant the last uh, couple, well, I would say, since the, since the bottom anyways, it's really beat expectations. And uh, in the last, I would say, two, three weeks, it's really ramped up on the fact that, um, you know, the economy still is uh, coming out of isolation and that some of the economic numbers uh, are very dismal right now out there. But uh, a lot of those numbers that we're seeing, Wolf, are, are backwards looking. Uh, and the market is looking forward, you know, the next six to 12 months. And it sees, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, an end to this uh, COVID virus, but uh, a path towards opening of the, of the economy. And that's a question that I have for uh, for Max here. You know, testing rates, capacity rates, what types of expectations can we see into the summer and the fall so that uh, if there is a second wave, that we can uh, contain it um, and, and keep our economy open? Yeah, it's it's a good question. And it's, it's a question that is hard to answer with, um, you know, any sort of real certainty right now. And it, and it does continue to unfold. The, what I what I what I do have certainty about is that the test the diagnostic testing for COVID nineteen both for active infection and for uh, for an, for antibody response and, and as we do continue to understand if there is immunity and you know what how long that lasts I would I would expect uh, you know diagnostic testing capacity to continue to to ramp um, in a major way throughout the summer months. And uh, you all, so now you have companies that are, uh, you, certain companies are preparing to, uh, to develop multi-target tests uh, that could be used in the, in the fall uh, that could different test and differentiate uh, between, say, traditional flu A, flu B, and COVID-19. And so there, there are, are companies that are, that are preparing for a second wave. Um, and I would say it's we. It is yet to be determined what the immunity is for COVID nineteen, uh, which will be a a key indicator uh, for a second wave if there is one. Um, and so I would say still a lot to be to be uh, learned. But I would I would expect testing capacity both for for PCR tests and antibody tests to continue to to build in a major way through the summer months. Friends at home. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It is a show about money. We are working real hard to stay live, stay current, and bring you the highest quality, high finance, little fidelity show available to us. Unfortunately, uh, we have to social distance. And when you social distance, you have to use a telecom. And every now and then we do get a little bit of breakdown. But my good friends, we're all here to help pump you up. Uh, and that's what the show is all about. We're going to go to a quick break here and get right back to Hi-Fi Radio. Of course, I'm Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager. If you have any questions for me or Jack, WolfgangKlein.com. We will get right back to you. We're going to get right back with Max Masuki, Senior Analyst, focusing on the life sciences, diagnostics, precision medicine, specifically infectious disease. We're talking COVID-19, how we're going to get through it as they reopen the economy. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, you know what that sound means? It means we're talking money. On our money show, Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle. Partner in your success, social distancing, continuing to bring you high quality, high financial radio. 
It's a lot of fun to be here with you each and every Saturday morning. I want to thank you very much for tuning in to the show. Uh, we have Max Masucci, Senior Analyst, focusing on the life sciences, diagnostics, precision medicine, particularly in the areas of oncology, genomics, and infectious disease, of course, front and center for Max. Uh, tough uh, field of science you're working in, Max, and uh, as we speak then about antibody testing and, uh, you know, does a, uh, a recovered um, uh, uh, victim, I guess I could use, or patient uh, from COVID-19 uh, possess antibodies? How long will they uh, protect the individual? To what degree? A lot of questions around the space. What can you share with us on uh, the part of antibodies around COVID-19, Max? Absolutely. So, you know, now three solid months into the COVID pandemic in the U.S., you know, we continue to see a high level of confusion, uh, investor confusion, particularly regarding the differences between uh, diagnostic testing to diagnose active infection of, of COVID-19 uh, and serology, also known as antibody testing. And so serology testing is viewed as a, an epidemiological tool, which, which differs from a, a diagnostic test to detect COVID-19 active infection. And antibody tests have been used as epidemiological tools for years, well before COVID-19 existed. And they are viewed as, as useful by epidemiologists, which understand their limitations and their proper use. Uh, one of the one of the sources of confusion here is for generalist investors or healthcare specific investors that may have never taken a dive into serology or antibody testing. There is confusion about the role that these tests play. And so a lot of people are, are, are uh, misunderstood and they believe that a serology test is supposed to, is supposed to achieve the same goal in uh, in diagnosing COVID-19, where in reality, it's, it's better used as a, a tool for epidemiology to understand disease surveillance uh, in different areas. And so you know, we cover a small company called Cambio, uh, ticker CEMI, and they were the third company to earn FDA emergency use authorization for their serology test. And the, the stock had, has done well. It, it, it popped from a low of 225 in March it hit. It almost hit 16, and it has since pulled back. It's, a oh, small, wow. it's still a small cap. It's still a small cap company, and it has. Uh, it is. It, investors await further evidence of traction for revenues for serology testing, but um, I think that it is it remains a misunderstood area, and I think that there's a a, a, a lot. There will be a large opportunity for many different many different companies. That uh, that are participating in in, ser in serology testing and just Max, so you're touching on serology there, testing, treating, and, and basically tracing, I guess, until we get a vaccine. Um, how do you see the development and basically getting this out uh, on a global scale? Because you're talking about smaller companies here, but uh, these small companies they still have to have the quality control, distribution, those types of things. Um, how, how are they able to deal with this environment? Because COVID obviously has put an exceptional amount of demand if they have a, if uh, these companies have product that they can scale uh, at a global level? It's a great question. And, and I will say people need to keep in perspective the fact that 
There are multiple timelines associated with the vaccine. The first is the development. The second is large-scale manufacturing and quality control. And the last is you know, the distribution of that vaccine. So diagnostic testing will remain important until all three of those uh, are, are completed. Um, and, and so in terms of there are different channels. So there are providers that are uh, so that you have a quest in a lab core that are doing high volume antibody testing on more complex instrumentation. And then and you can send a sample and they will process it for you. And then you have smaller companies like Cambio, CEMI, and they actually have a small modular um, micro reader that can be placed in a more decentralized setting. So it could be placed in a hospital lab versus a large complex lab with a Quest uh, Diagnostics or LabCorp. And you can get results in 15 minutes from a, a finger prick blood sample. And so there are there are many different channels for antibody testing, and, and it will be competitive in each of those channels. Um, but you have among the largest companies in, in the world in diagnostics that are stepping up to the challenge. Yeah, well, it's certainly a big challenge. And uh, like I said, it's something no one expected at the at the beginning of the year. Markets didn't expect it at the beginning of the year. Uh, and then obviously, uh, as, as the year unfolded and, and March came uh, uh, and the pandemic um, obviously became global, uh, markets reacted. And I think that's something that listeners do have to remember is, uh, markets, um, you have significant moves with markets when something unexpected happens. So at the beginning of the year, it was not expected to have a global pandemic. But when it became obviously very uh, clear that that was the case, you saw the markets fall 30% or more. It's 35%, I guess. But uh, as things unfolded uh, since the March lows, uh, central banks, governments, and then you also have the testing, tracing, and potential for vaccines, all those things have got the, the market back on a, its feet again, and it's bumping up, not quite at all-time highs, but it's getting relatively close. Wolf? Yeah, well, without question. Um, Max, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Max Nucci, uh focusing on the life sciences. Uh, I do look forward to meeting you, Max. I dealt with your predecessor before and a few other names within your space, uh, notably on testing again. Um we have a Boston conference, but I think it's going to be a virtual conference. Uh, so the world's going virtual. Uh, but when it comes to testing, like at the end of the day, you got to line up and uh, get the test. Mike, I want to end with one question for you on testing. What is the cost per test? Because I'm just thinking about here at home in Ontario, what is it costing the health system to test 20,000 Canadians or Ontarians a day? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. First off, I, I appreciate it. Um, for for tests that seek to diagnose active infection, the reimbursement so the healthcare provider that is completing that test, they are they are getting paid over roughly around or slightly over one hundred dollars per test. Um, and then, Max, it's about a hundred dollars. I'm just thinking Ontario because again, uh, the Canadian system is a little different than your healthcare system. We sort of have Obamacare up here. Um, and so the uh, the province is going to have to pick up the, the tab. And I'm just thinking, if we were to test, uh, what, 10 million Ontarians, 12 million Ontarians, 100 bucks a test. I don't know, Jack, do you want to add some zeros to 12 million for me? Tell me what that number would be. It sounds like billions of dollars. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's a big number, my good friends. Um the times they've been changing, and, uh, well, we're changing with them. Uh, Max Vasucci, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. You've done a great job. Sorry for the breakup, uh, the audio. We're doing the best we can here uh, on Hi-Fi Radio. We're going to get right back to the show about money uh, after commercial break. Please stay tuned. Money. 
Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Just for one day. Welcome back, my friends. You know you can be a hero. Every day, if you like, just give back. Give to the community. Give to your neighbor. Help someone out. Oh, there's so many causes. So much pain. Uh, and it's just a delight to uh, be introduced to those who are heroes to me and to uh, those who are seeking their guidance. Uh, we have uh, Carrie Kazarak on the line. She's executive director at, get this, Viahavta. Did I get that right, Carrie? Yes, you got it bang on. Bang on. I'm not even going to try it again. I don't want to screw it up the second time. Um, but you're, you are a, a Jewish outreach program working uh, boots on the ground in the city of Toronto, um, dealing with a very, very serious crisis. And, and first off, with COVID-19, uh, they want some social distancing even at the shelter, so there are less beds available. Uh, and we're seeing it. Uh, University Avenue, pop-up tents uh, underneath the gardener, pop-up tents. It rips my heart out, and yet it gives me hope when there are organizations like yours helping one another. So please share with us, boots on the ground, what you see and what you're doing to help Toronto. Thanks, Well, Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, so Beahafta is a, a social services agency, and we provide programs for people at risk of homelessness. Uh, here in the city of Toronto. And one of the programs that we operate is a mobile outreach van. Um, and that's a program where we have, that we have been operating for 23 years. Uh, and we go out six nights a week uh, providing food and essential supplies to people who are experiencing homelessness currently. Um, the COVID-19 crisis has, as I think everybody is aware now, um, it hasn't affected everybody equitably, and while it has affected everybody, uh, those who are most vulnerable have been affected disproportionately. Um, the folks that we serve who are experiencing homelessness have had quite a tough battle. So we have seen a huge increase in the number of uh, people that we would term uh, street homeless. So those are folks who are living outdoors, uh, and those are the people that we primarily serve from our van. Uh, if, I, if you don't mind, uh, Carrie, um, uh, V'ahavta, what does it stand for? What does it mean? So V'ahavta is actually a Hebrew word, uh, and it comes from the Torah, the Bible, of the, the, the command to, and you shall love, that's what V'ahavta means, and you shall love, uh, your neighbor or the stranger as yourself. And that's the very essential to the purpose of our organization. Half of our mission is to provide uh, programs and services to help people who have experienced homelessness um, move from instability to self-sufficiency. And the other half of the mission of the organization is to mobilize ordinary people from the community, citizens, to roll up their sleeves and volunteer and help make a difference. The the statistics, the numbers, rip my heart out on any given night here in Toronto, 8,700 people experience homelessness. uh, And of those over 500 have to sleep rough, i.e. sleep outside. Uh, Again, the shelters in Toronto have just over 7,000 beds. And those beds are occupied at a rate of over 90 
5%. The problem is with COVID-19, with social distancing, even the homelessness need to be spread out at a safe rate. So um, in terms of beds today, how many beds do, beds do you believe are available and what is the city and all the organizations doing about it? So as of today, based on the city's report, there are 6,597 shelter spots. Um, I think that the city has uh, made a lot of moves uh, and there was recently announcement uh, on Monday uh, about new plans, whatever this phase two will look like. I think that the city has responded. Um, there's, there's been a longstanding crisis of homelessness in our city. Um, and COVID-19 has just exacerbated it. So in creating more social distancing within the shelter system, they've had to reduce the number of beds in the shelters. Um, but at the same time, they have created uh, some interim housing solutions, some use of hotels and motels. Uh, and, you know, my hope is really that this has been a, a tipping point and a wake-up call for the city that our most vulnerable people, when something bad happens, like a pandemic, are the ones most adversely affected. And my hope is that this is going to spur the city on to coming up with some long-term, practical, reasonable, big-picture solutions for the problem of homelessness. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. And when you have money, you can do good with it. And Carrie Kazarak uh, is doing good. Uh, she's an outreach uh, social worker. She's the director of uh, Ehavata. Uh, it's the golden rule, my good friends. You do unto others and treat others with love and respect. It's a beautiful cause. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break and get back with Carrie to find out about the depth of the crises with homelessness and how you can help the cause. Please stay tuned. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. So give a little bit. Yeah, my good friends, you can send a smile. Yes, it's a show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. And when you have, you can give. And, uh, well, Jack and I want all of you to have, so you can all give. Uh, Carrie uh, Kazarak is with us. She is with Ayavada. It is a Jewish humanitarian response to poverty organization uh, that basically, if I understand correctly, you drive around the city uh and you help the most vulnerable people. Uh, is, is it a food truck that you have specifically? Uh, I know you mentioned at the onset of the show, but I also was getting some breakdown in my communication here, Carrie. <laughs> sure. Uh, so we operate an outreach van, uh, and part of what we do is we're serving food out there to people who are experiencing homelessness. Uh, in addition to hot meals and coffee and water, we're also giving out clothing, um, hygiene kits, so soap, shampoos, toothbrushes, sleeping bags, um, as well as harm reduction for people who are substance users. Excellent, excellent work. Uh, if I may ask you, um, and you are a charitable organization, so anyone who gives receives a charitable tax receipt. And again, I just got my income tax back. 
I got a nice refund. The reason I got a refund is because I gave money to charity. So when you give, you receive in multiple fashions. I'm a big proponent of each and every one of us allocating a percentage of our income towards others. You will make more money. Karma will come back and serve you. Well, Gary, you guys do great work, but how much, what is your annual operating budget? So our annual operating budget is $2.7 million. Um, in addition to our outreach ban program, we offer uh, a variety of uh, programs that are actually geared towards moving people towards uh, the workforce. So people who have experienced homelessness or who are at risk for homelessness often have a lot of barriers to employment, and our programs are geared towards preparing people to re-enter the workforce. Um, the vast majority of our funding comes from individual donors, uh, and it's really essential to the mission of the organization that, you know, we believe that people in the city do care about the problem of homelessness, and it's an overwhelming problem. You, you listed some of the statistics at the top of the show, but um, it's, we're talking about 9,000 people. It's a huge systemic problem. What can an ordinary person do to make a difference? And we believe that while one person can't solve, you can't boil the ocean, you can't solve all of the world's problems, there is a role for each individual to play. And that's why we focus a lot of our work in the community um, around philanthropy and volunteerism so that while one person can't solve the whole problem, you can contribute to making a difference in somebody's life. Uh, we have a campaign right now that's specific to the COVID campaign, uh, and you can find information about it at COVID19healthhomeless.ca. Is that the best way for people to support your charity, or is there another direct way they can support your charity, Carrie? So we recognize that a lot of people have been impacted by the pandemic. Um, our hope is, is that if you do have funds available and you do feel motivated to help and make a difference, the money goes a long way towards helping people who are in really tough situations right now. Uh, so you can donate on our site uh, at COVID19HelpHomeless.ca. Um, for people who don't find themselves in a position to contribute financially, there are other ways that you can help. Uh, we have people who are, you know, donating used clothing by dropping it off at our offices, um, donating uh, cases of water. Uh, we're always looking for used clothing around men's sweatpants and sweatshirts and uh, hoodies and that sort of thing. Um, as well as donating uh, different kinds of non-perishable uh, snacks type of foods like protein bars and things like that. Uh, for us, you know, we, we want to create a way for everybody to be able to make a difference. And so there are a lot of different ways that people can help. I think you're very, very smart. I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh, you got some good coverage from the National Post. A client of ours uh, pointed the story out to us, which is why we reached out to you, Carrie, to help you further share your story um, and what you're doing to help Toronto become a better place for each and every one of us. Uh, Carrie Kazarak, uh, she is with Vihavata. It is a organization helping homelessness uh, get back on their feet. Times are tough right now. Some of us are doing better than others. Please, if you can support the cause, do just that. Jack and I are here for you, so you have a little more money in your pocket. And as such, please, you stay tuned to Hi-Fi Radio. More show 
right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. It's all right. Welcome back, my friends. It's all about money. We call it Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Yeah, this is my part-time hobby, doing this radio thing. I manage money for people just like you. And please, if you have any questions about money, um, Jack and I are always here for you. WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter. You can reach out to us. Our contact information is on there. We are here for you. Uh, estate planning, financial planning, uh, changing your circumstances for the better, for the worse. We're here for you. Not happy with your portfolio performance. You call Jack and I. That's what we do. And that's why we bring on such great guests onto the show to help educate, first and foremost, Jack and I so we can do a better job for you. And so it's an exercise in what we do all day long. It's a one-hour exercise and a glimpse into the world of money management on Bay Street, except we're social distancing. And that's what we're supposed to do. And I do have to apologize for the breaking up of the audio. I'm enjoying the sun. I like little Beatles kick off the month of June, and I hope, uh, well, it's all uphill from here. It's all going to get better. Certainly, Jack, that's what the market's been telling us, hasn't it? It certainly has, at least in the last uh, six weeks anyways, from and then from the lows of March. But um, I would say, you know, uh, with what we've seen over the last six months, Wolf, uh, and for clients out there listening, I think this is really a good stress test for their portfolios, and it's a good time to actually review your financial plans. And look at, you know, uh, how did you feel in March? How do you feel now? Hopefully you didn't sell at the end of, or at the, yeah, at the end of March at the lows. Um, you know, are your, is your risk tolerance and objectives really lined up with your time horizon? And does the assets and, and uh, the asset classes that you own and securities that you own, do they really line up um, with those long-term objectives and, and risk tolerance? Because um, if you couldn't sleep back in March, um, and we've talked about this before, well, uh, the market's not at all-time highs, but it's also uh, had a, a really good balance off at the bottom. And it gives people a, uh, a chance to, to revisit their portfolios, financial plans, to make sure that they're aligned with their long-term goals and interests. Well, the key is uh, risk tolerance. And, uh, you know, Jack, uh, what you mean by that, I shall tell the audience, is that when the market goes down 30 or 40 percent, are your emotions going to take hold and cause you to do the wrong thing at the wrong time? People do it all the time and it is so incorrect and when you work with someone like jack and i we can help hold your hand and talk you through the pain Uh, unfortunately the pain is part of the process if you want to make one percent buy a gic and you'll have no risk and well over time you'll actually lose money uh purchasing power because inflation taxes will eat away at that one percent real quick and 10 20 years it'll be worth less money If you participate in the economy, the good things that are taking place around there, unfortunately, part of the pleasure is taking the pain. The pain is the unexpected. We call this a black swan event that we have just been through. But can you handle down 30, down 40, down 50? If the answer is yes, you're good. And if the answer is it's too much, then you can't sleep with it. You must tone back your levels. And as Jack indicated, no better time to tone back than right here, right now with the run that we've had. But again, that's what we do for you. Uh, and we can 
at any point in time, you just reach out to Jack and I because we are always here for you and to help you have more money. I want to wish you all a great weekend. Jack, as always, a great job. Thank you for lining up the guests. And uh, social distancing, well, it continues, but the economy is reopening and sun is in the forecast. Long range, that is, my good friends. You stay with Jack and I each and every Saturday morning on the Global News Radio Network at 640 in Toronto. And you tell your friends about Hi-Fi Radio. Have a great one. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.